So I know it's early, but at what point do we start penciling in Elmer Soderblom to be on the first line with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond? Do we give another? Do we give it one more preseason game? Um, effective immediately. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll start it. We'll start drafting up. We'll make. I'll learn how to make graphics, and we'll put Elmer. You know, it's just like the over under of how many minutes he plays game one. Is it 20, 25? I think it doesn't come off the ice. Zero. That's right. Zero. Ooh. Fine. He gets scratched. He's the 13th forward. <laughs> no, obviously, I'm being uh, a little bit. <laughs> obviously, I'm over exaggerating, but uh, yeah, it's been a fun camp and a fun couple preseason games with plenty of storylines, but. We'll get into that uh, after a little intro. Welcome to the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. I forgot that Andy doesn't have uh, headphones, so he's like sitting with his face so close to the camera, and I'm not going to lie, it like scared me for a second. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You so up, and close. up close and personal. See if you have any bats in the cave. Just check oh. quick. Yeah, you look good. You look good. All right. We're all set to get started. But no, uh, yeah, lots has happened. I feel like, yeah, we, we kind of planned it a later. Ep- I, I think I said last episode we were going to do an earlier week one, but then I didn't think about the preseason at all. And both games were Tuesday, Wednesday, so it kind of takes away early week one. So we're doing it. We're doing it Thursday night. Uh, so a lot to catch up on as literally all of Traverse City's happened and two preseason games. Um. Not too much, like I again, kind of redundant going back into TC, but there, I mean, there were some big storylines kind of coming out of that. Um, kind of highlighted by the red white game, we had uh, first line Jonathan Bergeron in place of Tyler Bertuzzi with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. And I mean, hopping into that, I know Andy wasn't able to catch it, but Grant, what do you think of uh, Bergeron stepping up there? I mean, it's kind of hard to judge off a scrimmage, but I didn't really notice them that much also the quality is not great um a couple flashy plays here and there but really nothing substantial i mean to be fair nobody was that substantial in a red and white scrimmage where you're just kind of focusing on prospects yeah i mean yeah we're looking at it in the sense of we look we look back to last year and i think we came away with mitchell stevens being our top performer yeah, exactly. Scored two goals. It's just, I know, it, it's kind of stupid. And Adam Ernie was like my favorite player in the red and white game. From last year? Yes, him and Mitchell Stevens. What does that say? Yeah. That's so kind again, of irrelevant. Yeah, it is. It, again, I, I'm just trying to, it is important for like the young guys kind of get their first little, like against some of the pro players, some systems in place. Um, But yeah, no, I, I thought the big thing with the Bergeron decision to be on the first line, because you could have put anyone there. You could have. Again, you could have put whoever, like you could have just easily put David Perron there, right? Which is what they ran in preseason game two. But instead they put Berger in because management wanted to see him with the big dogs, which I thought was important. And Derek Lillano went out of his way to say he really thought Berger had a really good um, first couple days of training camp, which is positive. That's a, like, it's a good thing to look at. But yeah, surprisingly, Team Red won. On paper, you thought Team White was going to probably run away with it a little bit. I mean, it's kind of the same thing in my eyes. Uh, you got the hungry, younger team versus a team that's really kind of just out there getting their legs 
ready for the season. Yeah. So, I mean, one team's going to battle for their spots. And the other team's kind of just going through the motions, trying to get down with the systems. For sure. For sure. No, I, I thought that I, yeah, there was a couple of performances I liked from, I think my, like my standout from the whole game itself was Philip Sedina. I thought he was like, I remember like vividly, I mean, aside from setting up the really nice Jacob Rana goal, um, he had a back check on Lark and then I made a nice attempt to go back the other way for a scoring chance, which was pretty cool. Um, Kubelik's speed in that game was very apparent, which we'll, we'll get to that line in a little bit with Rasmussen centering. Um, the only other thing I can really think of that like, really was the eye catcher was the performance of Simon Edvinson. Uh, yeah, Derek Lillon did not mince words saying he, th- he thought he had the most turnovers out of any player on each team during that game, which I was right. I mean, Grant, I think you pointed out that Kubelik burnt him probably three times in that game alone. It was probably three times. I don't know. And it's it's not even a, like an opinion. It was just a fact. Like, if yeah. you watched the game, you saw the turnovers he had. And, I mean, that's – it goes back to World Juniors, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. He's been a turnover machine since World Juniors. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. And again, like, we can have a little more in-depth conversation, like, after – especially with now looking at game two as well for our information to kind of back what we're talking about with Edmondson. Other than that, there wasn't too much else to take out of a camp. Um, I mean, we had the – I mean, going to have the alternate discussion because Art Regner did mention on the broadcast that the possibility of running four alternates, two at home, two away, and kind of rolling like that. I mean, Detroit did that in 2018. They had – when they had um, – I'm trying to remember off the top of my head now. Zetterberg was captain. It was Cronwall, Ablocator that were – like the set ones, but then they had rotating ones of Nielsen and Larkin. I think it was. I think that's how it went. Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. I think, kinda, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I don't think it really matters either way. Like if you feel like the need to do it, like I don't. It doesn't bug me either way. I don't really have an opinion on it. If you feel you have your leadership core to be big enough, then by all means, go for it. But I, again, it does seem a little silly. For how many, like, it feels like kind of everyone's getting an A. Yeah. Yeah. But I, un- I understand. I understand both ways. They should just give Ernie the A. I don't care anymore. Well, he's too busy running his own. Ho- he's running his own brand. He's an yeah. influencer. Um, he's going to need it. <laughs> he needs a little side gig. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it was, I thought, like, on Team White in any way, I thought it was significant because, I mean, Perron and Sherratt were both wearing A's. And it was um, with Larkin, which I thought it was interesting because Lalone was on the bench for that team and kind of like seeing the dynamic probably for the first time. I know it's a scrimmage scenario, but I know Grant's going to keep saying that because he's a glass half 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 person. It's a stretch. It is a stretch, but you get what I'm saying. A big stretch. I don't know. Like everything coming out of camp, like day one was David Perron was pushing it, like pushing the pace and stuff. And he wants the competition to be high, which is really like, that's why he brought him in. Yeah. A a competitive guy. Yeah. And then you do that without a letter too. He can do that without a letter. I'm, I, I know, but again, it means a lot from a player like David Perron, who's won a Stanley cup has played, he's going to be a 16th season in the NHL is a consistent 50 point plus guy means a lot. And then Ben Sherratt uh, was 
obviously a big physical presence. I know it was, I think, day two when they did the battle drills. Verona went out of his way to say, like, Sherratt was, like, the best player on the ice. And then Lone said how much he liked him as well and how he's, like, a steady presence, which is uh, he gets to do what, promising. He gets to do it best. What's that? But he got to do what he has best. Just toss the body around. Yeah, just beat the shit out of people. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's a <laughs> we'll get to the um the Chicago game in a second, but there's a couple plays. I'm like, Bren, you gotta stay, you gotta you gotta play some defense, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Ah, hey. Whatever. Whatever. Preseason. Yeah, preseason. It's all good. So I suppose we should get into game one of preseason, uh, versus the entire Pittsburgh Penguin roster. I mean, it was everyone but if I remember correctly, their their entire third line of Heinen, Carter, and Kapanen, if I'm not mistaken, all six defensemen were there. And Detroit had the uh, is the Detroit Griffins, their merry the band of misfits. Uh, the the whole third line for the Red Wings was the first line, and then Heronic Mata, and then whatever you want to call Bradstrom Kosa, however you want to divvy that up either backups or whatever in Grand Rapids. Um, and yeah, everyone thought it was going to be a blowout and yeah. very much, it was a blowout, but uh, the other way score wise, it wasn't looking and, promising going into it for sure. For the wings. <laughs> it, was, it definitely was not. I had, um, I was looking at storylines and again, I think what I really liked about it, Grant and I, we previewed the last episode of guys were watching going into preseason and one of them I knocked out, and I, I nailed it. I said Kubelik. Kubelik was a guy I wanted my eye on after a disappointing year in Chicago, again, for many players. And he was one of the best players on the ice this game. I mean, we looked we – looked I mean, the Red Wings got scored on, I think, a minute and a half in, and I was like, great, this is going to be fun. And then we shut it down. We played some system hockey. Derek Lalone, TM, trademark, trademark system. Um, and really like, I loved how aggressive they were in the neutral zone as it shut down a lot of stuff. It, it, it very much gave the vibe of, uh, Pittsburgh was playing a men's league game and just kind of putzing around and they were very much better, but they didn't really care, which is fine. That's to be expected from a veteran team. They're looking for your, your, your touches on the power play and maybe you score, maybe you don't. Yeah, they're just looking for some preseason reps, literally, is what they were going for. Just get the touches, get the chemistry back together. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't there. I mean, they went 0 for 9 in the power play. Right. Yeah, which, from the dust. <laughs> which, I mean, to be a little negative, I think there were six stick infractions. Oh. Like hooking and slashing and even high sticking. Like, those are this the is... things that are going to be cut out, I hope. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, a lot of it is immaturity playing against mature players and at a level you haven't ever seen. Um, I think Vero had two. Yep. And I, I like Mata had Mata had two, I think. As Mata well. had two. One of Mata's might have not been a stick infraction, though, but um, just simple stuff. Yeah, simple stuff. Young team playing against fast and veteran experience competition. Definitely to be expected, but. Hey, Red Wings went two for two in the power play. Yeah. So that's something. Uh, I want to talk about Dama Kubelik's shot for a second. Oh. I was, I legitimately, I, I think I texted this in the group chat. I, I don't think I've seen a better, red, I don't think I've seen a better one timer on the Red Wings. Like, I can't think of one. 
Martin Furk, maybe, but he wasn't accurate. Yeah, I, I literally I forgot who I was talking to. Might have been dad. I said that's probably the hardest Red Wing shot I've seen since Martin Furk. Yeah, I was in and out so fast. Yeah. And it yeah. just gives like again, I, I reference back to, like there was this 32 thoughts episode um during the playoffs, and they were talking about Carolina not having a guy who can score off one shot. Like just that one guy, like you you lose a game three two, you you need that guy to score. You know what I mean? Just one shot, get a chance, bury it, and it's a whole told whole another game. The Red Wings have a couple, and I think Kubali could be one of them. Just like on the power play, you're like late in a game, five minutes left. It's a tie game. You're just yeah. beating him the puck. That's like one quick done. The other ones, I think Jacob Rana, because I, I mean I've seen it. Like his shooting percentage is insane, insane, and he creates no, he creates something out of nothing. Um, but yeah, Verona was actually supposed to play in this game too. And he was sick, so that even that hurt our lineup even more. He was fake sick because he saw Pittsburgh's lineup. Probably he's just like I don't I don't feel like playing this. This is, this is bad. Um, but luckily we got luckily enough we got Elmer Soderblom to play in this game, which was awesome. And he connected with Bergren, which was sweet. I loved that goal. Soderblom pulled his pulled one handed away from Crosby to protect it, came into the offensive zone, lost it, and Bergren picked it up, circled around the net, and fed Soderblom back door. It was amazing. I could watch that all day. I had so much. I oh, I I, I was having a really great time. I and again, game one of preseason in a game that does not matter at all, but. Again, we haven't watched Red Wing hockey since late April. So I'm, I'm having a good time. Um, I didn't want to like go back to the our first line in this game. Do you guys like see that as a potential third line to start the year? Yeah, there's a strong chance. It, it all depends on what they want to do with Suter and Rass, but there's a good chance that's the third line. Or unless they... Th- want to try something with Sedina and Kubli kind of higher line as well. But the chemistry between those two is there. Yeah. And like, I know we, I remember on like paper when we're, when after free agent, if we see, we're kind of looking at, Oh, will this work and this work? And like, I'm, if we're going strictly off skill, it ended up being like Kubli, Sedina and whatever center you wanted to put them with, which is kind of like what we're looking at again. But I mean, you look at like, how Kublik's been playing in camp and stuff like his, his energy is a whole nother level. Like we kind of like viewed him as this very stationary perimeter player who we knew his shot was that good, but we didn't think his compete was all there. You look at him. Well, in the fort- well the if you just check. watched him at all last year, you could see why we summarized this opinion yes. but based off locker room and whether or not la- therefore lack of coaching staff and leadership presence in Chicago I mean it's understandable probably to why that is I mean you're on a bad team and there's just zero motivation there like Kubelik stood out last year like a sore thumb a lot of games kind of like Mantha did at almost a Mantha-esque um on Mantha's bad nights but it was almost every night for Kubelik when I'd watch him yeah He's definitely a player that, like, sometimes he's really like he was really engaged, and other times, it's like, where are you? Yes. And and players like that, when you're kind of big for nothing, 
it kind of hurts your game unless you're trying to throw away because Mantha would never throw the body around. Kubalik doesn't really throw the body around, but a couple of instances like in can in the red and white game, he was like the first guy in the four check. This game he had a couple points, he even created a turnover shorthanded and scored shorthanded, which was kind of neat. I did like what um I'm kind of bouncing ahead a little bit, but Lalone said that he likes the idea of trying skilled players on the pow- on the penalty kill. Cause he wants to be really aggressive in in the defensive zone, creating possibly like obviously trying to break up the play, but also possibly creating offense from it. Right. And he and he, he kind of references well as like he feels that like some of the most skilled players can read plays so well that they end up becoming some of the best penalty killers. Versus yeah, and, just this just defensive specialist that's there to eat pucks. Right. Like this year for the wings, like said a billion times, but we have the options now throughout the mm-hmm. lineup to put those players in different spots. So they still make their make up for ice time. You know, you're not having set PK guys. That's yeah, like he, yeah, he mentioned line. he mentioned Zadina and Raymond by name in terms of potentially penalty killing this year. I mean, I like you noticed in game one, I mean, they went nine for nine on a penalty kill. And Zadina was a big part of the penalty kill that day. I mean, Kubelik had the goal, which was a nice, it was a very nice goal, mm-hmm. uh, very embarrassing for uh, the Smith. But I thought Zadina was the best forward on the kill by far that day. And Zadina was the best forward on the ice by a landslide that game. And I thought Kubelik had a very good game too. Yeah. No, I was going to bring up, I was going to kind of go into Zadina. As a guy who's on, he's, how do I say it? He's kind of like, not on par, but he's like, a, he's on track to benefit the most from Derek Lalonde. It's yeah. really Fresh. early to say that, but. No, but like the attitude that Derek Lalonde is bringing with like, he's like, I'm, I'm scrapping any knowledge of any player before this camp. I'm heading in. He's I want to. He's building his own trust, his own relationships with the yep. entire team. Yeah, I got a fun one. Who's hurt the most from Derek Lillon's new attitude? Probably Adam Ernie. Yeah, or Giovanni. Giovanni might be in the minors. Well, I mean, Dude. do you see who he's been playing with? I'm shocked if he's not in the minors. I think, he played, the, I think, he, I think he played on the fourth line last night. Yeah. Yeah. On a, on a team that's half, half AHL, half NHL. So not promising, um, but anyway, I want to talk. I want to keep positives. I don't need to. I don't need to tear down players. I, I don't really like again. Not that fun. Um, but yeah, Zadina. I mean, he scored. I was a bullet too. I, I literally tweeted before because he got a chance shorthanded. He buried it right into Jari's pads. I'm like, he's still cursed. And then, <laughs> and then, beginning of the second period, I was literally I was using the bathroom. I come back out and Rasmussen feeds it right out to Zadina, and Zadina just wires it top corner. I was like, yes. He's back. Fifty goal, fifty goal campaign is back on. <laughs> Grant, Grant, just shaking his head negatively. He's just, he's just so glass half empty, Andy. He just doesn't like any of our ideas. No, he can't see it. He just can't see it. It's like he hates, he hates, he hates first line. I have hates- a vision, and fifty goals by Phil Zadina is not in that vision this year. Right, it was, it was possibly the year. it was Philip Ronick. Yeah. My bad, different Philip. Yeah, different Philip. It was Ronick. My bad. Thirty of those are empty netters. 
Yeah, it's Philip with a P. Twenty are on. Philip Kurashev. Philip Kurashev. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Heronic too, I didn't even mean to like. I accidentally segued into that. Um, Heronic had looked really good. He earned a lot of praise from Malone today, when when he brought up as a guy as well of someone who he mentioned getting a fre- needing a fresh start from a different perspective, and needing to play more so a fully rounded game, which we've been hammering for the past year. Yeah, I literally wanted to get rid of him because he did. I didn't believe. I don't. I would say I'm still in question of a fully rounded Phil Perona game, what that looks like. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm, I'm with you 100%. So uh, before yeah. even the coaching change, I was hammering that I wanted him gone and didn't care. Um, I'm curious, optimistically curious. I it's would say it. that. That's, I'm like, I think that's the perfect phrase for me with Phil Perona right now. Optimistically curious. The whole team. There's a bunch of not, cases not, throughout the whole not the There's, whole team. I'm more know. so well, my negativity mostly stems from oh, excuse me. Okay. So I'm saying for my negativity, like going into the season about Heronic compared to what I would be. Like if you gave me a list of every player on the team, or just like ask me to say one phrase about every player on the team, I could give you a phrase. But my phrase for Heronic would be optimistically curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you've listened to this podcast at all, uh, I mean, at one point we were campaigning to trade Philip Ronick. Yes, I've been campaigning it for probably. The I, last... I would, I would still argue it could be worth it, but yeah. then you look at our defense and it's a right now. Like yeah. I, I, our defense is definitely, it's definitely the weak spot still. That, that's when I thought it might be a good idea to trade for a guy that punched my boy in the head. Yeah, I still think that would be a good idea. Also, that video is really bad. Yes, it was, <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> like, dude, Jeff Petrie, it's, it's preseason. <laughs> Chill out. Strip sucker to the back of Bergeron's head. That was bad. I saw a that, tweet, like, someone was saying, like, I, I believe Petrie kind of, because that's kind of the way he plays. But what he said was uh, he likes to punch people in the shoulders to, like, knock them off the puck. Didn't have the puck. He was going to change. He didn't. No, he did. Burger was, sure, Berger was sure going to the was bench. Just, pretty sure he was just releasing the puck. Oh, maybe. But um, he like punched. Went to punch him in the shoulder and just suckered him in the back of the head, basically. <laughs> but Petrie, if you've ever watched Petrie, you know he always like punches. Yeah, people. he does. Like it's it's an old school play. It is. And then someone was tweeting. Some I forgot who tweeted, but some Red Wings fan tweeted that uh, he was doing it because. He was mad that Berggren just assisted on the last goal or something. And I was like, come on. That's I not why. He, he probably doesn't even knew. know who Berggren is. Yeah, he probably has no clue. Like, yeah, he's he's not thinking about just, that. He's just out there because <laughs> it's preseason. Right. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention as well the goaltending. Actually, I want to shout out Emil V real quick. I thought he played pretty well in his like first game. I, I thought Emil had some very good moments in this game and then – there were other moments where he needs to get used to the speed, which is completely no, very, like completely, very yeah. you'd expect that. But yeah, I yeah. was very impressed, especially in the first period. I thought he was great. And then um hey, he's better than Osterley. Like, yeah, I <laughs> I would say that that with oozing confidence that Osterley was horrible at that game. Like I mean the first goal was his fault. If it's just my hate on Osterley or oh man. 
you talk about you don't want to bring negativity. I can bring negativity if you want me to. Yeah, I mean, there's still players around that like could bring negativity, but like I don't know. It's I don't have the end. We haven't played a single game in the regular season. On my energy's not there yet to give negativity. Yeah. It's all good vibes right now. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll bring up my concern about Australia in a little bit, but all right, that's fair. When we get um, into more so the defensive conversation, I'm sure. When we get into the second game, yeah. Um, but kind of almost. I don't want to round out this game too quickly, but. Like if you had to go three stars off of the Red Wings this game, who would you who would it be? I think it's pretty easy. Kubalik, Zadina, in some order, and then maybe like I like Toronto's game a lot. Okay, I just think you're missing an arguably uh, probably the, after Zadina the biggest piece in there. I would go say Brad Bradstrom second star. Oh yeah, I was I, say I was Brad, talking about gold Bradstrom yeah. was fabulous, and was there were really so many big saves he made. That, yeah, like, and like the first goal, like how do you blame him on the first goal? It's a slot shot, one timer, like yeah. And then he made eight, he went eighteen for nineteen, made mm-hmm. some really big saves. And, and I, I would say he, like that game could have been a lot different if he didn't make some of the saves he made early in the game. Absolutely, it could have been they get down the Red Wings as a young team. You're super high on adre- like super high off adrenaline playing against your big like guys you grew up watching. If you get scored on like twice in the first five minutes, it's just. Right down the track. Yeah. Um, I I was gonna talk about Kosa as well because the first like the goal he let in, he let a goal in early and it was a bad goal. I know people were like, Oh, it was a sweet backhand shelf. No, Kosa's six six and he dropped way too early and gave him all that space. Yeah, he gave not him a, a good there. That was so much to work with. A guy like Brian Russ, like that's plenty of room. That's all he needs. Yeah. After that, though, I thought he looked pretty good. He he played he played well. Yeah. Again, goaltending was very like I was pretty pleased with the goaltending. Brad Bradstrom is definitely better. But yes, good thing. I Costa just wasn't tested the way Bradstrom was. You're correct. I mean, Pittsburgh was kind of just like give me I would, game. Yeah, I would argue that Costa's only good opportunity against went in the back of the net. Yeah, only, only a real high danger opportunity. There That's were a true. couple other. There were probably two other like pretty pretty good shots that he mm-hmm. made nice saves on, but. And I thought he looked calm, considering Kosa. Yeah, again, calm. good for the good for the confidence. Uh, yes, that was very good. I was hoping he didn't come in there and get shelled because that would have been the worst thing possible for him. Yeah, and I was worried about that going into the game. Because me too. Of, me too. Because of their lineup. Yeah. Um, I also did want to shout out the uh, the goat Stephen Camper scoring. Yes, the man. <laughs> the man. What, what really- are your biggest notes? after this game, like going into the rest of the preseason from either players or just a team perspective. I'm trying to see like how the like Zadina and Kubli keep, keep going through the preseason okay. and how they carry on. Cause again, games are going to get a little tired. Rosters are getting shorter. Like we saw today, there was more cuts. Um, eventually the ATOs, the PTOs aren't going to be a thing anymore. Yep. And I want to see how it carries on. I mean, right now I'm, I'm very happy with both of those players. I think they could be, I mean, you're looking at it like it could be a big game changer for the Red Wings roster when you have that kind of depth on a third line. Agreed. Right. Um, obviously, I mean, Soderbloom even, like I thought he had moments in this game, but then we'll go into the, we'll go into the next game. Obviously. I thought Soderblom was okay. He, yeah. he, like you said, he had moments. Yep. Showed flashes. Again, he's so damn big. He, he just so looks fun. awkward. My, my biggest, I think my biggest note is I want to see more from Jonathan Bergren. Like, yeah, more engaged, more pace. 
I want to see him in a, again, like a bigger role again. I want to see him like with a Larkin Raymond, like higher up with more skilled players. And I mean, I imagine he plays tomorrow night or tonight when people are listening to this, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, Now now I want to hear your guys' biggest overreaction after the game. Because every, every, every preseason game, like you have to have a giant overreaction of some player or some aspect of the game. Chronic uh, Ollie model will be a top 10 second pairing in the NHL. Okay, that's, a, that's a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did like Ollie Mata's game, though. I thought Dom, he was. He's Dom Kubelik will score 25 goals this year. That's my biggest yeah. overreaction. Yeah. Again, overreactions. We're here for it. <laughs> It's pretty much where I'm at. I can see it though. That's not, I don't think that's like that big of a reach though. 25 goals for Kubelik. No, like if, if he keeps putting in the effort that we saw the last, the last two games. Um, Cause I think he, he might, he'll get opportunities throughout the season higher in the line. It's, it's deployment. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. It's deployment. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like it's the effort that we, we didn't see last year, his last year in Chicago that he's put out through camp and mm-hmm. first game and whatever. So like if he keeps that up to even like, you know, 65 to 75% of the season. Yeah. Cause you know, you're going to have off nights and you're going to take nights off and everything like that, especially it's been known with him Yep. and just everyone else around the league. Right. Um, I could see him getting 25 or so in the ballpark of 25. That'd be awesome. Two and a half and million. Then- that's steel. Yeah, exactly. And um like to like comment on like Zadina that you guys were talking about him earlier. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Like I mean it's it's more, I expected him to come out flying like that. Cause like there's he's had spurts over his uh time here in Detroit where like we talk about it, he's not a goal or he's not a goal scorer at the NHL level. But mm-hmm. what the the one thing that was a shocker from him is his defensive play and his ability to just go in there and mix up and puck bat mix it up in puck battles and everything like that, you know, be yep. a disturbance. And that's what he was doing against Pittsburgh and ended up sniping. I did want to like go back to Coop League for a second. I got we were stuck on this first game for a while, but it's fine. Like the next game will be a little bit quicker. But Lalone said in his press conference today that he still wants to mess with the power play so much, like different units and stuff like that. He said his only two locks on the top unit are Mort Sider on the top and David Perron on the left half wall. I love that. He I, he does I, not. He wants to rotate everyone else. He wants I, to see what fits best. I already have like a unit that I want to see, and I and I wonder if Kubelik's that guy in the first unit on the other I, side. I, I I want Kubelik across from Perron. Yeah, and I want Bertuzzi in the front of the net on that first unit. And who's in the bumper? Like is. Is uh, the answer is the answer is who yeah answer is who cares, literally. Yeah, I I did like the Hronik Kubli connection, but again, like you can do however. But I'm curious, like eventually you go into deployment and stuff like that with Kubli. Like if he's getting first PP units too, like it's pretty big. Yeah, especially with a shot like that. I mean, it's kind of hard. Well, well, there is a moment. Okay, this is kind of skipping over to game two. I don't know okay. if you just want to transition. Yeah, transition. Go for it. Okay, so game two on the power play. There was a moment where Perron made a beautiful pass over to Larkin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right when Larkin took that shot, I'm like, if that's Kubelik, that's a goal. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a hefty setup. And, like, not that it was a bad shot. 
No, it's not. No, no, no. It was. A, it was a. It was. He got it off. I. I've been saying this for a while now. I don't think Dylan Larkin's a half wall guy. He's not. He's, he can be in a pinch. He can and, be in a pinch. Yep. And I like him better on his strong side, on the yes. half wall, because he's a wrist shot. He's a wrist, he's shot, guy. A wrist shot guy. Yes. Um. I do think he's a he's a good bumper guy though. Like on a quick one timer, like he's got good accuracy. That's the thing. Like it's not that his shot's the hardest in the world. He's got good yep. accuracy. So yep. is that him on the bumper? And could be on the top. Could be, Ray- could be Raymond. Or is it Raymond? Like that's the other thing. Like, do you want Perron working the puck, or do you want Kublik working the puck? Yeah, and I'd rather I'd rather Perron working the puck to Larkin rather than Kublik working to Raymond. So that's that's my ideal top unit right now. And I'd yeah. have Raymond on the second unit, running it with Veronic, Verona, Cop, uh, and question mark. Who cares? Yeah, still pretty solid. Yeah, and that's still kind of solid. my idea of Zadina right now. It's really interesting where that's at right now in my eyes. Zadina plays like, bumper, and then I think he tra- transfers into a penalty killer this year. Oh, okay, and kind of works his way up as more of a threat on the penalty kill and a five on five threat, hopefully. Mm. And then that translates into power play time. Yeah. I'm game for so that. So you, you go like Rasmussen then? Net front? I would go Rasmussen that front. Unless right. you want to do something crazy. Well, think... well, after this game, you know, my answer, you know, my answer, the boy, Elmer Soderblom gets in, gets in and he plays net front. Um, uh, Kidding, okay, but not okay. kidding, kidding, but not kidding. Um, Elmer Soderblom was the best player on the Red Wings last night or Wednesday night when people are listening. Yeah. Like, I, and that's not that's not saying much because the Red Wings overall like didn't play that great. There was a bunch of like mistakes. It was definitely a sloppy game, and it was more veteran game, kind of like we were talking about with Pittsburgh. It was kind of veterans being nonchalant and getting caught. Uh, there was the one play where Cider pinched on the wrong side of the ice that created a two on O that luckily didn't go in the net. And it was like, Ooh, boy. Um, but no, uh, Chicago played a lot of energy. It was very fast. Um, a guy that Grant and I were really like fascinated with going into the draft was Korchinski. And I thought he had a really good game. I love Korchinski as an 18 year old. He was really good. Yeah. My two favorite that pass that pass to Reichel. My two favorite players from that draft as of right now are Korchinski and Casper. Like, yeah. By the way, they've been playing like all Korchinski through preseason. And mm-hmm. shout out your Isolkoski, who I have hated on all the time. Like, not like as a like person. I just don't think he's the best player in the world. <laughs> um it's funny watching watch him on preseason. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought Korchinski was very good. Yeah, he's a dude. He's dynamic. He's a good player. Um, but yeah, the Red Wings got scored on eleven seconds in this game, and I'm like, oh boy, that was. I was like, oh god, it, it's the reverse. I, I jokingly said this before the game started in the, in our group chat, and Grant said, yeah. please, please shut up. Yeah, and and I was I was right. Um, right. I did like I did like the little glimpse of Perron. Larkin and Raymond, even though they didn't do much, they still had chances. But it was definitely the second line of Suter, Ernie, and Soderbloom that carried the majority of the offense. I thought Suter had a really, really good game, too. I agree. And that kind of makes me like, 
I kind of half kid about Elmer Soderblom making the lineup, but in a fourth line role, like playing with Pew Suter, I don't know, man. Uh-uh. If he gets get, there's, he gets get... I, I don't think, I don't see a way that they bring him up and put him on the fourth line. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Unless they really feel strongly about this fourth line and they're getting pretty good deployment and Soderbaum's playing power play, which yeah, if he's, be, if he's in my... the NHL, he's playing power play. That's my thing. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying like for a like eight minute kind of night, I'm saying like closer to 12 where he's able to be deployed in a power play role and stuff like that. Yeah. Again, probably not likely. I'm, I, I'm again, I'm looking at it very much from last night's perspective, but just watching him in like in zone, he's able to carry the puck and protect it, work around the net, create offense and playing with a, a guy like Suter, who's very like, how do I like he, he, the Suter thinks the game really well. And you get That's, like a, what's that? Go ahead. No, I was, I, I was kind of, it. Like he just thinks the game really well. We talk about penalty killing, right? Like Zadina mm-hmm. has a good mind and he looked very good on the penalty kill. Suter's one of my favorite penalty killers that the Red Wings have. Yep. Because of the same sort of idea of that. And I think him this year, he's going to be in a big penalty killing role. Um, and even just the ability to create offense in the penalty kill. Like the Red Wings hadn't scored what in two years on the penalty kill? It was 102 games, I think it was. Okay. He broke the streak. Yeah. yeah. And that's something impressive. It, it was him and Bertuzzi, right? On that kill. Yeah, back to back. It was the same game. Yeah. Yeah, it's against San Jose. Right. Yep. It's against San Jose. Okay. Um, I I think he's gonna be important this year. And I know I'd been saying that I I was kind of mad on him because I want I want Rasmussen to have a really good year. Yeah, again, it's kind of like the the new shiny thing, right? It's like, oh, we know Pew Suter is a decent third liner, but what if we get Rasmussen, who can be a really good third liner, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Um, but no, Pew Suter, like, again, I, I noted that he's a player that's competing for ice. He's competing to be that third line center. So you'd expect him to have a little jump, and it was nice to see. Yeah. Vindicated. Because, I again, we kind of forget how quietly effective he is. He's not a second-line player, which he was deployed as last year, and that was unfair. But a solid third liner, yeah, it's not out of the question at all. What if it was a, a fourth line of like Soderblom, Sunquist, and Suter? I I'm saying you have a guy like Sunquist who can get in on the four check, create it. Soderblom, who's very good off the cycle, creates stuff, and Suter, who's very heady. Who I think it's a line that works. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying like hounds. what's likely to happen this year anyway, because usually you want a fourth line a fourth line of being like defensive specialists, right? That's like the old school, but like, I kind of view like the Red Wings second line is going to likely be like a matchup line, whether it be cop and Perron and stuff like that, like a line that gets rolled in, in those sort of circumstances. And like, I don't view like, cause the third line is going to be like Kubelik or Zadina and someone else. And like, I don't know if you want them mat- line matching, right? Cause usually it's like your third line that gets to play that role. Yeah. So I kind of viewed like you can almost run the fourth line however you want it. And Soderblom yeah, just brings such a different dynamic than a player like Smith. And I know I was going to say Ernie too, but I mean, Ernie did score twice this game. But again, lot, largely created by his teammates. Yeah. That's he's happened to be there. Fin- 
was really pretty by Suter. Oh, it was super nice. Yeah. And again, a good finish. Like yeah, credit to I mean, Adam Ernie for putting in the net. I mean, it was wide open net, but Dar could put that in. I mean, yeah. Shout out Dar. <laughs> Shout out Dar. Um, no, I I'm I I've been talking myself into it because like I'm obviously I'm like, ooh, I want Soderbloom to get all the minutes in GR, right? I want him to play first power play, all that fun stuff, but what if he gets to play 12 minutes a night in Detroit and power play time and stuff like that? Like, is that the worst thing? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm phrasing the question. Um, I will tell you after the end of the preseason. Yeah. Again, he's making, he, dude, he's making a case, which is all he can do. Right. He has to be better than Valeno. Valeno, obviously better than Ernie, not like just a little bit better than Ernie. Yep. And better than roster players. It's just a point of, you look at the top, I would say, eight players on this team. Yep. And based on what we've seen, you're like, I just don't know that Soderblom is going to go and be better than them going right. into the season. Especially especially on the wings. Yep, especially on the wings. So that's the biggest concern right now with with that. Um, but, man, I, this game, his puck protection was on display. And another thing that I've really noticed about him, which I think with the slower pace in Grand Rapids than the NHL, um, not saying that he shouldn't play in the NHL to start, but I just think this could develop quickly, is how close he is to being an elite, like, takeaway king. Yeah, there was a couple times this game. Yes, I think he had zero takeaways. But there was at least five or six times where he just missed with his reach. So it's all about timing and having a six foot eight frame and that long of a stick. That could be really dangerous. That's what I'm saying too. Like injury happens throughout the year too. Like he would get his he would get his cookies. Yeah, I, I would. I'm quick to say that. Depending on the role, if it's a top nine role, I would say him or Bergeron are going to be the quickest call up. It just depends on what you're looking for in the lineup. Like it depends who gets hurt. Yep. I agree. Um, I, I did think Ernie like played pretty solid this game though. I'll give him that again, preseason, whatever yeah. you want to chalk it up that way. Um, Giovanni Smith though, like he's losing that battle right now for fourth line spot. He was invisible. He, I forgot that he played this game I thought, until I, I checked the notes. I've liked Matt Luff and Zarnick better than Giovanni Smith. Me too. I thought Matt also, had a pretty solid game. I've also liked Tyler Spezia better than Giovanni Smith and <laughs> Kyle Criscolo. Yeah, Dom Shine. I've also liked Dom Shine. <laughs> I say Dom, I, Shine. Yeah. Dom Shine, Northern Michigan legend. It sucks because I like Giovanni and I want to root for. Like I want, I want him to be a guy. And like we've been saying this for a while, but like Grant, Grant, like we've been saying this for like a couple of years now. Like Giovanni Smith looks good with good players. Yes, and he looks bad with bad players. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, dude, you're gonna be playing on a fourth line, likely. And I mean, the Red Wings do have an improved thing, but Javon Th- Smith isn't giving you any value on a penalty kill or power play. So That's just my like, only question, though. Like, I want to see him. If you really want a good look at Giovanni Smith and what he can bring to a fourth line, play him on a line with Joe Valeno. Last year, he looked very good playing with Joe Valeno. And I don't Joe know if it's just Sam Gagne, Joe- I think it was. Yes, I don't know if it's just because of Joe Valeno's burners and. Giovanni just throwing hits and getting Joe Valeno more space and they just played really well together. Like, I don't know. Joe Valeno needs to come in and be great to make this yeah. team. Yeah, 
I, I think with the improvement we saw from last summer, like going into preseason and like even when he first started in GR, he was a lot better than he was prior year. Yep, so can you I make agree. another big jump? Hopefully. I hope so too. I like Joe Valeno as a player. Me too. And he, again, he's still only 22. He is only 22. Um, let's go to the defense. Cause there is, I think it's obviously like, I think more so the bulk of the conversation. Uh, Sherrod Sider first game with them together. I thought they were solid. Again, the, the two on O was bad, but otherwise that Sider was quietly efficient. Um, Sherrod, very physical. There's a couple times, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, he was like running up the sidewalls to like shove a guy, especially on the penalty kill. I'm like, all right, Sherrod, let's, let's, let's kill his penalty, not try to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Let's try to get another penalty. So I'm curious <laughs> to see how that translates. Um, but no, I thought he was still fine. Like he makes a solid first pass. I don't think he's a bad skater. Um, again, yeah, he's there. Um, but the second pair, Simon Edvinson, who actually led the team in ice time this game, which he should. I want him to lead the team in ice time basically every game he plays in this, this preseason because we need to see. Um, I thought Derek Lalonde kind of said it perfectly. Simon Edvinson had a very good first period. And then after that was kind of a nightmare. And I kind of feel like that's kind of been how it is in Edmondson. It's like one point you're like, he's great. Like, this is definitely an NHL player right now. He's ready to go and probably is going to be a very good, you know, he'll be a very good contributor on the writings back end. But then you look the other way and he's fumbling pucks and he's over skating stuff. He's, it's almost like I kind of, I wrote this down. Um, It seems like he's thinking the play so far ahead that he's, forgetting what to do with the puck when he has it on his stick. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, word for word, pretty much. Um, he's, like, antici- like, anticipating things, which is what you like to see, but then he's second-guessing himself, and then yeah, finds himself in a lost, you know, like, Area 51 zone where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just commit to it. If it's a bad turnover, it's a bad turnover. Then make up for it, in that sense. If for mm-hmm. that first pass or chip in or or whatever if he's stepping up like you know i mean if they come back the other way just bust your ass back and make up for it right i'd rather i'd rather see someone kind of like another player like we we're talking about uh, last year commit to it like shoot the puck more would be like zadina mm. which he started doing but just never worked out his right. snake bit but yeah commit to your play like your initial thought this preseason, it's mistakes are going to happen anyways. Your defenseman, young defenseman in the best league in the world, even though it's preseason, you're playing against all different types of caliber players. Commit to it and then make up for it if it's a mistake. Hundred percent. It's yeah. You have to be, you have to be free willing out there. Like you can't be well to an extent. But like you can't be tightened up, but um, like bundled up and afraid to make mistakes. That's what he looks like. He he just looks like. Again, he's like overthinking everything he's doing. It's almost like the pressure is getting to him of trying to make the team. When again, if you make the team, that's great, dude. But like, it's not your. It it doesn't matter if you do this year. Do you do you uh, have like a? Because this is where I get a sense of like a sense of him putting the extra pressure on himself because of Mo Sider last year, like a similar scenario. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think that like he can say all he wants, but I think that's definitely a like a thing that would go through your head, right? Of like wanting to be just as good. People compete, right. 
And it's tough for young prospects to kind of like, all right, I was also picked sixth overall. And I'm also viewed as a potential like top pairing defenseman for this team. Like I should have a similar impact or versus just trying to like be good in your own game and not try to do something that you're not trying. Don't be something that you're not. That's, that's exactly how I, that's perfectly said. That's how I kind of feel or how, that's how I kind of view the situation. Grant. I, I guess maybe I just, he shouldn't look at that. There's just no way that someone should even look at that at all. They're completely different players. Um, that's not what he, li- he literally. He literally. I, I know. I'm saying that he shouldn't look at it that way because he literally admitted that he, he was watching cider all year last year. Yeah. Like yeah. so. I mean, it's definitely in his head. Yeah. I mean, not in a bad way. I'm saying in in the sense of like, all right, like this is a guy I can try to like mold my game after. Right. In I some like... in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't. I think that's a not the best idea too. Like there's such different players that you shouldn't it's hard to just change your game in a snap. Like I know the big sense is okay, let's get more physical. Right? When have you ever seen Simon Edmondson play physical? There's a couple of instances in the SHL last year you'd have an open ice hitter and stuff like that, but once once in a blue moon. Yeah, obviously. He's not, not going like... to the corners and hammering someone. No, no, it's no, a no. Couple, get... couple like Split second, he just makes a hit. Yeah, but I, I just, I know they're like be harder on pucks, right? Obviously, that's a key thing. But that's really my only complaint about him is just like whenever he's looking to make a pass or something, when he's just handling the puck, it's almost like he's thinking way too long about it, and, and his stick handling isn't with like purpose. It's kind of like almost he's just handling it. I don't know how to explain it, but he needs to bear down. He's yeah, like you said, granted, be harder on. Dude, I think it's the white tape. I'm joking. Obviously, I'm joking. No. But since he switched over to the white tape, it's been bad. He was bad, vibes. bad in World Juniors, and I got yeah. flack for saying that he was bad. Um, and I was too scared to say this during World Juniors because it was a hot take at that point. But yeah, he he probably shouldn't be in the lineup. And it's after one preseason. That's my overreaction. I just don't yeah. see any way. Like I'm still, and I'm that, still. That goes to my concern of Jordan Osterley. Right, that's what I'm. I'm. I'm still viewing it again, especially with Robert Hag out too. It's just like, if Jake Wallman was fully healthy, I think this is a totally different conversation. Why? I just don't think you throw in uh, that young of a player just to just because Jordan Osterley is bad, or because you have limited options there. You're just basically feeding him to the wolves, especially playing with Gustav Lindstrom. Not to slight Lindstrom at all, but. He's not gonna be Edvinson's savior. No. And you can't just throw down Mo and have Mo carry Edvinson. No, that's not fair to him either. I, I agree. Um, uh, I still think his odds, I think it's still his odds of making the team are still pretty high, in my opinion. Simply for the, the hold that we have on the left side of the defense. He has to be a lot better. I, I agree. I agree. And I think again, he's probably gonna play. We have six games left. I I'm guessing he plays five. Yeah. Probably. I also I want to see more reps for Albert Johansson right now. That's that's my biggest concern. More reps and play start playing him with better defensemen. Yeah, because it's kind of it's kind of like setting him up to be strictly AHL guy, right? Yes, now. he's had limited opportunity. Like play him on the power play, see what he has, and play him in all situations. I why not? What do you yeah, have like- to lose? Yeah, give like Shroud a night off. Put him a cider. I don't know. Let's see. Yes, it. put him a cider or Lindstrom for that matter, because Lindstrom is going to be a third pairing. Yeah, try to mix it mix it up a little bit. Like and go, give, go, give Edvin, 
go Edvinson Heronic for a game or something like that. Like yes. just try different things. Yeah. I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. Like just to kind of see what the fit I, I'm sure they will. Like again, like they've kind of run Edvinson Lindstrom for the majority like basically every like I don't think they have never been on it, not been on a pair. Yeah. Since we've started like the training camp. But um yeah, I'd like them to go away. Not that it's been like I don't think it's Lindstrom's fault. Like I think Lindstrom's been fine. Lindstrom Lindstrom's been fine. Yeah, like not great, but not bad. Like I'm not noticing, which is a good thing. This is this is a change from the end of last end of last season where I noticed him in all the bad ways. So again, uh, definitely a big couple games. I'm still in the camp of I think he makes it, but he's a lot to go. Long way to go. Um, I still think it's noticeable after another round of cuts that Bianca Batuka is still on, which good for him. I didn't he he had an up and down game last night. And he, had again, a rough, he had a rough game. Yeah. From a 20 year old who's on a, a amateur tryout, like I didn't notice him and stuff, but it almost seemed like he his adrenaline was going so fast and you could see how hard he was skating just to dump in the puck. And then he got burnt a couple times, and I was like, huh, oh, it sucks. That that was my biggest issue with last night is Albert Johansson was playing with Bianca Paduka and not to slight Bianca Paduka because I've really liked him. I, I just think, think he's, yeah. he's so tense right now, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy he's still here because yep. you could see the skill. Especially in the prospects tournament, he was fabulous against his own age. Yeah, I'd love to see him. <clears throat> I'm still in the camp of giving him an ELC. We have we we have very minimal depth on the right side of the defense, or just have an I don't know how this works in the NHL or how this is, but maybe like a verbal commitment. Like if you have a good year this year, we want to sign you like 100. Well, percent But I mean, can you go thing. back and bite them in the ass and like sign with someone? I mean, you could yeah. Yeah, because it's not legally binding. Um, they did the same thing with Taro Hirose, though. I don't know if you remember that. He was at Taro was at Dev Camp, and then he signed with the Red Wings the, after his college season. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, something like that. I, yeah, I it happens. It happens. So, I, I, he needs another year of juniors for sure. But the tools so. are there. Yeah, and again, he's you can sign six, a guy to the, four. Like, six four, two two, almost two ten. Yeah, he's and he's mobile. It's not like he's not a. He's like again, even against NHL guys, you're like, okay, he can still skate. Not the most graceful skater, but again, I still think he's solid. He kept up in the sense, right? Like, yeah, yeah, he didn't look super out of place. Yeah, but I'm not even gonna bother like talking about goaltending this game. Like, Ned, I don't know, like the two goals he let in, like one was point blank 11 <laughs> seconds in, the other one was a breakaway goal. So, I mean, and he only faced 10 shots, it's like, all right, you went eight for 10. So, I don't care. I I don't think it was a big. Thing I don't. Else. I had a li- little birdie in my ear during the game, telling me that his hot take for the season is Nedeljkovic gets traded, and that UC Okanora comes up halfway through the season after they trade Nedeljkovic, and then Kosa gets called up, and it's Bratz and Kosa in the minors. I mean, could be. I mean, again, <laughs> depth depth gives you options. I think I know you're. T- I know who you're talking that's about. Chase yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely Chase Tolar. <laughs> Uh, it was my, yeah, my hot take is they trade Sidney Crosby, but that'd be something. That'd be something. Um, so I guess I will stick stick with your uh, since you were playing host the last uh, segment with the uh, the game. Who are your three stars, Grant? Oh man, probably for the Red Wings. Yeah, let's go Red Wings. Who cares about the Blackhawks? Uh, number one would probably, I guess it's kind of, it's kind of tight for me for number one, it, even though it like, I'll just go off an eyes perspective. Uh, I go Soderblom. 
Hell um, yeah. But Suter, a close second. Yeah, he had a good game. Suter had a great game. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's not as flashy as Soderbaum. Nope. So, so a drop pass. What's that? Suter and Massey will drop pass to uh, Ernie there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a sweet play. So, so my think drop pass. He was flashy. Biggest yeah. thing with Suter is there was an obvious comfort with Soderblom and Suter. Like Soderblom just felt, saying, felt he, he felt really comfortable playing with Suter. And Suter, like he can play off that and he plays well with that. So that was nice to see. And then after that, I guess I don't really have a I don't want to throw it to one line. I don't know. Someone help me out. Give me a, th- a third star. Who else was even good in this game? Cider. I'll go Cider. It's fine. I, I it's not For his star- standard. His, his... I don't think anyone else was star worthy. Like Okanora. If his get... rebound, his rebound control on the, on the first one was bad though. Yeah. If you give me another star, I just want to throw it to Arvid. Ooh, good call. I just want no, to I, I'll give I'll give that to the brother, Elmer's brother. Yeah, which, by the way, by the way, that shrimp is only six three. Yeah, he's tiny. A bum. I love. I uh, yeah. I loved the uh, talking like the jokes with Elmer about you know like you know you have the boys scouting report on your brother stuff like that. I liked it. It was fun, and he played well. Arvid played well, which was really cool. Uh, good for him. He had really good AHL numbers last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so that's cool to see. Um, at media day today for the Red Wings, did you see that picture of Daniela Bruce standing next to Elmer Soderblom? <laughs> yeah, that was quite funny. That was I t- the stuff I like to see. That's funny. Also, John Keating interviewing Elmer Soderblom in between in, in between the first and uh, during the first intermission. Dude, dude was looking at the crest of the Red Wing. That was like his eye line was the Red Wing logo. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's out six to eight weeks with a torn yeah. neck muscle. <laughs> well, don't worry because. Valley Sports added to their crew, and uh, Jimmy Howard will be filling in for Ringside Reporter. I love to see. I like that. Jimmy Howard's a pretty personal guy. Yeah, I like Jimmy. I like Jimmy too. Again, one of the more underappreciated Red Wings. Like, I like to rip on him as a kid because, like, again, it was really easy to pick on the goalies. But then looking back, I'm like, wow, Jimmy Howard was pretty good, why especially like early we, on. Why huh? do we always get game analysts that were like goalies? Yeah, I guess they. But if you think about it, they see the most of the game. That's true. Yeah, they're That's standing true. there. That they watch every single game. If you're a backup goalie, you're watching the whole time. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like. I think that's kind of like the reason they can kind of see plays happen. Makes yeah. sense. I mean, Brian Boucher is pretty good at it. Um, yeah. You look at what's the guy in St. Louis? Um, the sh- the short guy. Um, Pang. Yeah, Darren Pang, goalie. Yeah. Uh. Like I'm missing oh, you mean, you mean I like the St. Louis Blues actual broadcasting? Yeah, he, he yeah he's ringside reporter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's the image or like yeah he's That's like it. the ringside guy. Um, he's really good at it. Um, Devin Dubnik's on NHL Network now. Yeah, yeah, he is him and Scott Hartnell. Oh yeah, I knew Scotty Hartnell was. I didn't know Dubnik was there. Yeah, he just he just he just started. I saw a couple clips of he was talking about the, the Red Wings and stuff. And I was like, nice. I remember when Devin Dubnik was really, really good. And really, it's really cool bad. Yeah. I think Ben Bishop was going to join the Stars broadcast. I don't know. He was going to join development, but then it got shut down by the league because technically he's under contract by Buffalo. Shut up. It's kind of ridiculous. It's so stupid. So basically he has to like pretend to like be on the Buffalo Sabres for a year. And then Dallas is just like, okay, you can start in a year. 
probably just he's probably still on salary. Yeah, like I mean, he's still gonna collect like whatever is four point nine million that he makes, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I thought this game still had points to it that I liked. Um, yeah, what? Um, I suppose we'll get into like the injury update today. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to say next, but um. So practice today, I was literally writing an article. I was telling Grant, I was writing an article about like Soderblom and Berggren with all the injuries. Like, will they step up? You know, will they get the spot? Well, every single player is basically like on time to come back, which is a really good thing. It is a really um, good thing. Bertuzzi's, uh, Lone said he's likely playing Saturday. He skated for the full time today. Not going to play. They're not going to rush him, but he's probably going to play Saturday, which is against uh, Chicago in Chicago. Uh, Valeno skated and likely going to play Saturday as well. Verona skated probably is going to play Friday or Saturday because he was sick and he finally came back. Cop skated in non-contract contact jersey. He's on time to possibly like be ready for practices before and then likely be like full contact for like the week, like sometime next week and then ready for home opener. But um, alone said he's got to talk to him tomorrow about defining what non-contact means. Because I guess Cop was going hard, which we like that. It's just kind of the guy he is, and I, I like I like kind of hearing that stuff. And it was funny that Lillon kind of said that laughingly. Um, oh. what's that? Power forward. Yeah, he's power forward. Another funny thing, like I I really found this funny. Oh, I, we were talking about another funny thing with Lillon's just like a, such a happy guy that like it makes me like I watch his press conferences and it makes me laugh. Um, quickly on Sunquist. Sunquist is also like kind of the top timeline projected to be opening night. Um, I guess a teammate, and he said an unnamed player on the Red Wings said that Sunquist was wheeling around out there, and some other unnamed Red Wing player says Sunquist doesn't wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is super funny. Um, which is good, like another good thing about Sunquist as well. Like again, we talk about the penalty kill and stuff. Like he's he'll be a big factor in that. Um, what else? Oh yeah, and wrap up Robert Hag still no update and when we talk about Edmondson Osterley the competition for the last spot on the left side Hag would have been another guy like right now he would have been like with Edmondson it's just like he could have stepped up and potentially filled that right like just like that it was his for the yeah. tank and Edmondson took out took out his competition which we yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even mention yeah Edmondson shot that hit him again not purposeful or anything it was a rising shot that caught clipped him yeah tough but no, I'm really, the, the, really hoping he's okay. Like me too. That is a scary. That's a scary play. It sounded promising. Like they're not like. I don't know. They kind of just said it was like not a real like. Um. <laughs> Andy, I'm not saying that on on the podcast. And probably everyone caught that too because the microphone because Grant's phone was set up on the desk and just buzzed really loud. Um. Yeah, we're all good. Uh, Robert Hag though, I. Again, hopefully everything's good. I can't tell if it's serious or not, but we'll see. Um, no, the funny thing with Alone, I wanted to backtrack a couple days in this press conference. Uh, he got asked a question about you know, the list of uh, the most handsome coaches in the NHL, and Newsy ends up at number three. And I loved that he was asking uh, where David Quinn was and stuff like that. And, he, and it was funny. And then David Quinn even got into it and it was asked about it. And then he said, where's Derek Lalonde? And he, and he said that, Oh yeah. Derek Lalonde's number should definitely start with three, but it, it doesn't, there's another digit that comes after it is what he's saying for, and he's like, quote me. I don't know. That was really funny. Bruce Boudreaux's was the best though. 
No, yeah. John. I like John Hines too. What did John Hines say again? He's he got asked about it, and then someone said, "Where am I at?" Or someone said that he was at like number. I don't even know what it was. Like mid teens or something like that. And he's I don't know, he like shrugged a little bit. He's like, "Where's David Quinn at?" And David Quinn's a handsome guy. Yeah. And then someone was like, like really late or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, that doesn't stick," <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, yeah, yeah. I I thought that like the list was like based off. It was like a it was an AI that did it, and they like scanned like for face symmetry. So it wasn't even like a. It was trying to like determine who had like the most structured like face determined by this AI. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, wasn't like a polling by random people. See, which confused me at first because like I just saw the poll. It was like a poll. Yeah, it was like Dirk Lona three. Yeah. Which no offense to Newsy, but he's he's definitely not the the prettiest guy. I disagree. That's yeah. I did like the real battle of Alberta going on at the top though with Jay Woodcroft and Daryl Sutter. Yeah, Daryl Sutter's got that farm strength, you know. Yeah, he does. People are into that. Really not into tractor that. sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, I guess to wrap up. Uh, what other storylines are you guys looking at, like to finish off the preseason? Another finish off of like next couple games, I guess. Let's say um, so we'll be we'll be back early next week, hopefully. Just biggest notes are like high deployment of Bergeron and Johansson, and then I think there's no question about Elmer right now. He's going to get his deployment, mm-hmm. especially yeah. after his first two preseason games. Ian, I did. I should have mentioned that I forgot to. I buried the lead that I like management wanted Soderblom to play in the top six role. For yeah, the game, which is big. Yeah, not surprising. Not surprising, but also it's nice to see. Yes, he's a player that nobody else has. Correct. There's no player like him in the NHL. Nope. Closest thing, maybe Tage Thompson. Closest thing, but they're still completely different players. Correct. But yes, I I, I would say. Closest comparison is Tage. Mm-hmm. Andy, what about you? Um, just yeah, rookies that are coming up or prospects that are, see what their deployment is and see how they fare throughout the next couple of games. Uh, interested in Volano, see what he's bringing. Oh yeah, that's that's a big one for me too. Yeah, I like, that. like like we said that earlier, like it's he has to kind of earn his spot again this year, and he needs to be good, very good. To- Needs to be hand over foot good, yeah. Like, in my opinion, he needs to be as good as Elmer, right? And mm-hmm. be- and better than Ernie. Yep. Which I don't. Yeah. Which shouldn't be that hard. Exactly. You said it, not me. Uh, we could put Dandy out there, and he'd be better than Ernie. <laughs> Dandy yeah. could have scored two goals last night if he was out there. I mean, um, off those same plays, if Dandy was, yeah, he's bearing. Yeah, oh, Dan. Yeah. Dandy's a positional king. If he's there. And Suter's giving him that butter. Dandy's not missing. <laughs> I don't know. I skated last night. I reluctantly skated last night. I got roped into it. Wasn't good. Wasn't pretty, boys. Dash what? Three? No, it was just like a pickup game. I was. I was He's like, plus still five. Plus. Yeah, I was still a plus. Like, come on. Okay. Fine. Are you joking, a, Garth? <laughs> I was a dash. I was a dash two. In my men's league game earlier this week, so it's fine. Oh. Yeah, tough one. Um. No, back to Reading Talkie, not shitty men's league. Um, I other things I'm looking at. Joe Valeno was my big one too. Just like I want to, like I would assume he's probably gonna play with like a Bertuzzi or something. And when he gets in, see how he plays with those top guys and see if they can 
translate to again i think he's still competing with the third line center spot as well so if he can play with like more top guys like that maybe even zadina kubalik Ferrana, like those types see how he fits in um i was also with edvinson again i kind of like he's kind of like the player i'm watching the most but can you do it for a full game now because again i'm i'm guessing he probably plays every single game moving forward yeah he might to have finish off we still, like we said earlier, he might have one night off. One night off, but like he's playing. I think yeah, Lalonde basically said he's playing five or six games at least, and I would guess yeah. six. Similar to what they did with Raymond last year, they they, they worked Raymond the whole time. So I want to see him start to play together. And I remember, if I remember correctly, from Raymond Grant, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He had a couple goals early, but like it wasn't until like his second or third game where you were like, okay, he's he's here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that sticks. Um, yeah, Edmonton needs to be good. Yeah, and I I, I want to see different pairings with them too. Mm-hmm. And like I said about Albert, I I really want to see Albert with different deployment. And I, I even like other young defensemen, get them in there, like ones that are kind of on that. But like Vero and Sabrango, I want to see them mm-hmm. with with interesting deployment too. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a bunch of it's gonna be exciting. I mean, again, they play Caps tomorrow night or tonight when people are listening to this um and then in chicago saturday and then i'm not sure when it goes from there i think it's like a monday game after that but yeah we'll definitely be probably it'll be on the air sometime early next week but i think it's gonna do it unless you guys have anything else no no all right all set um yeah just make sure you guys uh check out inside the rink make sure you support our partners in this um follow us on twitter at TPL pod again, um, we're going, we're trying to recap like things as we go through the game, like our quick thoughts after goals and stuff like that. So interacting, interact with us there. That's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, subscribe, to, subscribe on Apple pod, um, leave a review, give us a five star. If we're that good, you know, I'll, I'll accept a four star too. Anything less. I'm, I'm saying no. I think a one but and a half star. Let's not do that. Let's, let's not put that <laughs> in the air. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much for the support.